We continue on with the Gospel of Luke for the period of Lent. At that very time, there were some present who told him, Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or of those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here. For three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. If not... You can cut it down. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Ukrainians whose blood Putin had sacrificed to his own megalomania. Jesus asked them, do you think that because these Ukrainians suffer in this way, that they are worse sinners than all other Ukrainians? Or what about those 22 who were killed in the Eastern Australian floods? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Australia? Well, kind of, yes, we do. In fact, we'd prefer it that way because that makes sense of the world. If we could find some reason for these events, someone to blame, then the world falls into the moral certainty that we really would like. We want to believe. Sure, we don't want to condemn our fellow Australians who happen to be in the path of a major flood. But we do want to believe the world has some kind of moral order to it. That the good receive their just rewards and the bad get theirs too. Except, of course, for ourselves, we would like a little more mercy because, you know, we have extenuating circumstances. But for everybody else, we need a moral universe. But Jesus says no. These things are not true. And, you know, there's one thing about the Gospel of Luke that, they, that Luke bangs on about all the time, and that is truth. He says right at the beginning, I'm going to write down an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth 
concerning the things about which you've been instructed. It's all about understanding the truth. So when somebody makes a statement that the Ukrainians and the people in the flood, and Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, let's get to the truth. You will know the truth, Jesus says in the Gospel of John, and that truth will set you free. So that's what this is on about. The world, I think Jesus is saying, is not a morality play. Good people suffer all the time. Heroes are snuffed out. Ukraine. The courageous people in Russia protesting against the invasion of their neighbours. And tyrants die of old age peacefully in their beds. The world is not a safe moral place. We really want to believe Martin Luther King's famous dictum that the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards justice. Well, it looks really long, doesn't it? And from where I stand, the horizon looks dead flat. I know it's not. I've read the books. I saw the movies. But that's how it looks because it's a long way away. We've got whole books of lament in the scriptures. Most of the Psalms, at least two-thirds of them, are Psalms of lament. Oh God, you are my God, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there's no water. That's what we just heard. Over and over again, human beings have cried this out. It's what makes some of these psalms, it's what makes them so powerful, is that we've been doing this for a long time. But... Jesus goes on to say, first, no, that's not the truth, but, but, unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. What the heck is going on here? Does he mean you will all die? Well, that's hardly news. So it can't, it can't just mean that. Does he mean you will all die exactly like those Galileans and those people in Jerusalem? Well, that doesn't make any sense either. Is it that you will all die either by some freak accident that comes out of nowhere? Although, you know, building codes and all that, we've seen a fair bit of that in the last few years. I'm not sure what an accident means. Or at the hands of a tyrant, does does he mean that? Or is there something else that Jesus is reaching for here? Well, first of all, we have to go to what repent is. And we go on and on about this, don't we? We remind ourselves that repentance is not a moral act. It's not me feeling um, uh, better about myself. It's not me feeling remorse, all of which may be useful and important. What it is, is simply changing your mind, thinking completely differently about the way the world is. And it's one of the reasons why thinking about the sun is really important. There was a time when there was no sun around which our solar system coalesced. There will be a time when there is no sun. Most of us pretty sure it doesn't matter how much uh, health food you eat, you're not going to be here when that happens. There may be no life by that stage. We don't know. But these things are just moving on all the time. So repenting is thinking differently. How do we do that? Well, I think the reason why we have the parable of the fig tree next gives us a clue as to how we can think differently, how we can, if you like, repent. 
Now the problem with this story is we always put God as the boss cocky. So a bloke owns a vineyard, well that must be God. But the problem with that, the problem with that is that we have to then put Jesus as the gardener. And then Jesus has to be trying to placate an angry and impatient God. Jesus is the compassionate and merciful one and he stands in between us who are in trouble and God who wants to deal with us harshly and he deals with us kindly and tries to placate God, tries to persuade God not to destroy the world out of impatience. And he dies on a cross not because he upholds love and non-violence as a way and, that's, and, and, and a willingness to suffer with humanity, which I think is much closer to the understanding that the Gospels want us to have. But because God demands a sacrifice, somebody has to die. And I don't care who. And so Jesus is the one. And thereby God's bloodlust is placated. Well, there's lots of Christians who teach this. The problem is, it's really against the way God is portrayed in lots of places. But let's just stick with the gospel we're dealing with, the gospel of Luke. The gospel of Luke begins with an announcement to a bunch of shepherds that there is good news for everyone. This is the God who waits patiently and longingly for the return of the prodigal son. And we'll have a go at this story next week, which is also a story we always get in Lent. This is the God who, who is, is compared to a woman who looks for a coin over and over again, finally found, finds it, the one lost coin, and throws a party. This is the God who's compared to a shepherd who goes and looks for one lost sheep. This is the God who, when Jesus says, when Jesus is asked, how many times should you forgive for three years or for one year extra if you're a tree? Oh, Try seven times seven, which essentially means seven times seven times seven times seven times seven times seven. Stop me when you've had enough times seven times seven. Just keep going. It's kind of uncomfortable. But the God of Luke's gospel is infinitely forgiving, infinitely patient. So we're much better off, I reckon, with God here as the gardener. That the vineyard is the kind of the moral universe. The universe that says, right, we'll give you a couple of shots. Third strike and you're in. Doesn't matter what you've done. Third strike, you're in jail. We're still dealing with many of those kinds of laws across Australia and in other parts of the Western world where a judge no longer has the capacity to engage with the actual situation. This is your third conviction. I've got no more control over it, you're in. This is, the, this is the world in which we live that Jesus is the gardener against. Not you must shape up. And that we can, I mean, we're not totally without compassion. That's why you get three strikes. You get a shot, yeah, everybody messes up. Don't mess up again. Okay, so you messed up twice, well, don't mess up again because... Well, our compassion has limits. And so it should in a moral universe. But this gardener doesn't seem to have any limits. Just leave it with me. Give me another, I don't know, give me another year. And I will do what this tree needs. 
In the moral universe, that's the way it works. If you don't repent, if you don't turn around, what will happen is you will continue to live in this moral universe where you're in trouble all the time. I was involved in a funeral on Friday for a man who used to frequent Hope's Cafe, wonderful guy, who I discovered, not in my conversation with him, but in conversations with his children in preparation for his funeral, how frightened to death he was of dying because of what he'd been taught as a young boy in the church. That if he didn't shape up, and his life didn't shape up that well, really. Neither's mine or yours, probably. And he was frightened to death of what was going to happen to him. Because that's the way the moral universe works. You do the, the deed and you pay the price. It has to be that way. This is the moral universe. But the Jesus universe seems to be quite different to that. What we get is not a time frame for when to shape up and how to shape up. But a world where everything gets what it needs. What does a tree need? It needs a bit of digging around and a bit of manure. You might not, you know, that might not be what you need. But whatever you need to flourish, that's what this story is about. We get infinite care and nurture. We get flourishing and it seems wrong because surely you've got to pay for what you've done. But Jesus doesn't seem to think that the moral, there is a moral universe and this is where far be it from me to critique Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But I wonder whether he is wrong about the moral arc of the universe. What if there is no moral arc? What if it is only about ultimate, ongoing, forever forgiveness? And I know it says, give me one more year and then if it doesn't work. But that's not the gospel as we, as we are invited to see it. It's, it's not, give me one more year and then time. It's once things start to live, they just keep living and they keep growing and they keep flourishing. I think we're being invited into a different kind of universe. And we'll have another bash at this next week because the best story that Luke gives us about this strange new world, we're going to hear next week. If you've got time, you might give it a read beforehand. It's not a time frame for shaping up. It's not a world in which you ought to do the the right thing and if you don't you'll be punished because we're all lost if that's the case. It's a world where we're invited to see if you turn around and you change your thinking then you don't perish in the moral universe. You grow and flourish and yeah, you're still going to go. But you can go with a life filled with delight and with joy and with forgiveness. That if we truly believe God is intimate to all of us, then there is no hiding who we are from God. Even though we hide it from each other and mostly from ourselves, we do the most ridiculous little things to fool ourselves, don't we? It's embarrassing. If you knew the things I said to myself to try and fool myself... I'd just be so embarrassed if you, if you were to hear those things. And I'll bet you're not much different. What if all of those things are known and constantly and forever and always forgiven? It's always welcome.
What if it is? Okay, let's stop. Thanks, Matthew.